The Anton Savage Show Sunday. Brought to you by PwC. Combining talent and technology, we're hardwired to find solutions. On News Talk. You can get us 087 1400 106 on WhatsApp, and there are the numbers that you need if there are any questions that you wish to put to the Minister for Enterprise, Simon Coveney, because he joins us now to talk VAT rates, um, minimum wage, warehousing of tax, and a whole lot more. Good morning, Minister. Good morning, Anton. Thanks for having me on. It is a pleasure. Can we start with issues relating to housing? Because <clears throat> the papers this weekend are showing that Ryanair, of all people, has bought 40 houses in North Dublin because they were struggling so significantly to find somewhere for their staff to live. How big a problem is that now for FDI attraction and for Indigenous industry, that you cannot house your staff? Well, first of all, I mean, it's, a, it's an issue. You know, housing is an issue across many sectors uh, in Ireland in terms of the pressure that it's putting on both workers and families. Um, and, but, you know, I think it is important, though, to put this into context. Um, you know, Ireland in terms of housing delivery, uh, catching up in the co- in, in the context of uh, what's needed in terms of supply to meet demand, uh, is moving in the right direction. I mean, when this uh, when Fine Gael came into government back in 2011, the country built 5,000 housing units. Last year, according to CSO, uh, it was 32,000 and growing, and I think we'll be close to 40,000 housing units. But what impact? Year. Whatever about the the, the so, capacity to deliver the housing, what impact are you seeing with businesses? Are, are foreign multinationals saying to you, "We'd like to expand, but there's nowhere to put our people"? I mean, again, if Ryanair has to buy no. its own houses, that says dysfunction. Well, I mean, to, to, just to say it's not unusual that large companies uh, invest in housing for their employees. You know, I was in Paris in the last number of weeks looking at the largest uh, startup hub in Europe, uh, and they've also invested in housing uh, uh, to support people who want to work there. You know, if you go across to the West Coast of the US, uh, large multinationals do invest in housing. Uh, what Ryanair have done here is, is to ensure that that, um, that the housing pressures that their staff are feeling, uh, that they directly impact on in a positive way to have people living close to the airport. So, you know, I think it certainly is, is, is something that we shouldn't ignore, uh, but it's not unusual uh, across the developed world that large companies would invest in housing. And as long as that is additional in terms of increasing and growing and funding more housing, then that's not necessarily a bad thing. What we need to do, though, is make sure that large multinationals aren't effectively competing with first-time buyers and buying homes that otherwise would have been available for first-time buyers. Which in this instance uh, they seem to be because they didn't develop this, they merely purchased it and it is therefore housing stock that, I mean, no criticism of Ryanair, but it's housing stock that would otherwise have been available to first-time buyers, no? Well, look, I, I mean, I don't know the, the individual detail of that. You know, um, what I do know is that is that people who are working with Ryanair now will have more options in terms of housing, uh, potentially. Uh, and Ryanair have invested to ensure that that's the case. It's part of the incentive to get talented people to work for them, I expect. But, you know, I think it is important to say that 500 first-time buyers are now drawing down a mortgage every single week in Ireland. Um, um, uh, so, so we are seeing first-time buyers accessing homes. Uh, and it's a combination of supports from the government in terms of first-time buyers grants, in terms of shared equity options, uh, in terms of mortgages from local authorities, you know, we are spending billions of euros uh, ensuring that housing supply increases and first-time buyers are prioritised in terms of getting their foot on the property ladder. Is it enough? Yes. No, it's not. Uh, and we need to continue to do more. Uh, in my view, uh, you'll see the government revise the housing targets significantly upwards in the next few months, uh, recognising that 
the housing pressures that we have in terms of legacy over the last decade. And of course, the fact that Ireland is one of the fastest growing populations in Europe uh, means that we have to deliver a lot more. And is it Uh, a drag on FDI and Indigenous business? Well, I mean, the evidence uh, would suggest that it isn't. You know, I mean, last year we had 248 new IDA investments representing an extra 19,000 jobs coming into the country over the next few years. Um, That's one of the highest numbers ever. Uh, And we have over 300,000 people for the second year in a row working for multinationals, you know, IDA supported. And large employers are not raising it with you as a problem. They're not raising it. They are raising it. They are raising it. But is it is it is it preventing um, uh, FDI companies coming to Ireland? Many of them for the first time. Uh, It's not. But they are raising it as an issue. Uh, along with, uh, you know, with a whole range of other things from uh, the pace at which we make planning decisions uh, to, you know, energy, uh, to uh, the pathway to sustainability uh, and climate resilience, all of these things. Housing is certainly one of the issues that they discuss with us, but it's not the only one. We, we were talking about, we're talking obviously about the, the large scale of employers with, with uh, FDI and with significant indigenous uh, employers. Let's move to the other end of the spectrum and that being small employers, particularly small retailers and restaurateurs and cafes, where we have seen a spate of closures and we're seeing predictions of more closures down to effectively a, a, a troika, a combination of the minimum wage, the VAT rate and warehouse tax suddenly coming to fruition for those uh, employers. Is there anything you can do for them? Well, first of all, I, I think those three issues are are a big issue, but it, it's more than that. I mean, if you look at the number of policy decisions that have been made combined with some of the external factors that have made business more expensive, um, it is something that the government is concerned about and focused on. So, you know, if you look at the list, it's the minimum wage increase, has increased for all the right reasons. Um, you know, for example, the UK's minimum wage this year is higher than in Ireland, um, I think, for the first time, certainly, that I can ever remember. Um, so we do need to increase our minimum wage and we need to make sure that people who are on low pay can live uh, and deal with the increased cost of living. But if you add to that sick pay entitlements, uh, more bank holidays, domestic violence leave, parental leave, uh, increased energy costs, increased costs uh, cost in terms of the supply chain uh, li- linked to inflation. Um, and then if you look at plans for auto-enrollment, for example, for pension provisions for the future, which is, is going to be a cost uh, at the end of this year and into next year, all of those things are making the cost of running a business more expensive. Um, all of those individual policy decisions made by government are the right decisions. Um, and they've been supported by both employers groups and trade unions because we negotiate collectively with those social partners and economic partners. But when you add them together, um, we have seen a significant increase in the cost of doing business, particularly for small hospitality firms. And what can Uh, you do to militate against that having a a completely deleterious impact on those businesses? Well, I mean, for a start, we've we've committed over a quarter of a billion euros uh, of grant aid uh, to uh, to be paid out in the first quarter of this year. So, um, you know, at budget time, uh, you know, I was predicting uh, that in the first quarter of 2024, a lot of businesses would feel feel pressure uh, from the combined costs uh, that they're going to have to to cope with. Uh, and uh, and so, uh, so we set aside um, 257 million euros, uh, which is grant aid that's going to go out to about 143,000 companies as a one-off. Uh, uh, as a one-off, 
uh, in terms of recognizing uh, that we need to help to uh, to allow businesses to adapt and therefore we need to improve their cash flow early in the year. But how does that uh, one-off address what you have described as issues which are going to be chronic? I mean, if you take the ones that are under your control, the minimum wage, the level of of new leaves that are coming in, the auto-enrolment for pensions and the VAT rate, all of those are going to be permanent realities, some of them worsening permanent realities from a business owner's perspective. A once-off payment won't solve that. Well, there are realities, though, that if we didn't introduce... Uh, I don't think that an awful lot of businesses would actually be able to persuade people to come and work for them. So, I mean, if you compare Ireland to other parts of Europe, uh, the reality is we're only catching up. Um, you know, there are a number of countries now in Europe that have a higher minimum wage than we do. Uh, a lot of countries in Europe that have uh, already much longer sick leave entitlements than we already have, uh, that have parental leave in place for many years. Um, so, so, you know, Ireland is in some ways catching up with other developed economies, and we are, and this government is very strong on this, we want to make sure that work always pays, um, so that we encourage people uh, to upskill, uh, to, to seek opportunities in the workplace, uh, rather than stay on social welfare. Okay, well, if we are only, so, if we're catching up in terms of those um, policies, which may be laudable in terms of the employee, but which, as you've said, are significant cost pressures for the employer, What's your projection in relation to small business closures over the coming year? Yeah, I mean, could I just finally say on that, Anton, like all of these policy changes have been supported by employers groups. Right? So, so just to be clear, uh, and, and we have spoken about them as well with the representative bodies uh, from all of the different sectors that we're talking about. Okay. Whether that's and to the, the impact? Federation, the Vendors Federation, and so on. And I've met them all again in the last couple of weeks. So, so, um, Am I saying that the government can't do more to help small businesses with the cost of doing business, particularly in terms of food retail? Uh, we are going to do more. But what are you uh, predicting in terms of closures? Because we've seen a lot and a lot of commentators are saying we are going to see more. Undoubtedly, you have people who have done the analysis. What does that analysis tell you? Well, we don't have, a, we don't have an accurate prediction uh, in terms of uh, the number of closures. We've seen an increase last year, particularly the second half of last year, in the number of companies that have gone out of business. Um, but we're also still seeing, by the way, a multiple of that number coming into business. So we're seeing an awful lot more businesses being set up than being closed down. Uh, but, but, but that doesn't actually reflect the true picture of the pressure in terms of some sectors. So we know that cafes and restaurants are under particular pressure, and some in retail are as well, because they are the sectors that are most impacted in particular by the increase uh, in, in the minimum wage, which is a 12 to 13% increase in one year. And we also know that they've been impacted, of course, by the government's decision uh, to, uh, to reverse the, the temporary reduction in VAT uh, and to bring VAT back from, from 9% up to 13.5%, which is a big cost uh, for, um, for food hospitality in particular. So, so we are talking to that industry now and we're looking at what the government can do further. And can I ask you about because the grants the, that are coming out in the next few weeks? There's, a, there's uh, an additional uh, issue just uh, that I, I'd like your view on as well, which is whatever about the minimum wage increase and the temporary VAT return. You now have a situation where the tax that was incurred on the supports paid through COVID is now falling due for a lot of these small businesses. And to put a number on it, when you look at the accommodation and food service businesses, you're talking about five and a half thousand businesses who will now have to find tax cash to give back to revenue at exactly the point that all those other costs that you outline are starting to bite. 
that's surely going to push a huge percentage of them under. Yeah, which is why we're going to show more flexibility uh, in terms of repayment plans for those businesses that are impacted. You know, we know that there's just over 50,000 businesses that are still dealing with uh, debt warehousing effectively with revenue. Uh, And, uh, you know, Michael McGrath has been very clear uh, and very helpful uh, in this space, uh, saying that he is going to speak to revenue to look at how we can be uh, both flexible and pragmatic on, on how we can help businesses that have historic debt much of it linked to the pressures of COVID um, to make sure that we're not asking in an unreasonable way uh, for businesses to um, uh, to return money to revenue when they don't have it. Um, so look, this is a government that's pro-business. This is a government that creates jobs. Uh, this is a government that has put billions of euros into small businesses during COVID. And this is a government that's going to help small businesses through this uh, increased cost of business Okay, you asserted earlier on that you had talked to business representative organisations in relation to these policies. We're getting a lot of texts along the lines of this one. I'm a small business owner and no other retailer I know was in support of the rise in minimum wage. So whatever representative organisations you were talking to, did you get an adequate or an accurate picture of what this is doing to the very small retailer, cafe owner, restaurateur? Well, look, I mean, let me just explain how the minimum wage increase decision happened. So we have in Ireland what's called a low pay commission. Uh, and that is a body that has sort of cross-representation uh, of, uh, of industry and sectoral interests, uh, employers, um, unions, um, different groups like the Hotels Federation uh, and, and a range of other uh, representative bodies. And each year they prepare a report for government uh, on, on the minimum wage um, uh, as we move towards what's called a living wage in time in Ireland. And for the last number of years, up until this year, uh, the rate of increase in the minimum wage was relatively small because they recognized that coming out of COVID, there was a lot of pressure on, on businesses and therefore they needed to be uh, careful in terms of the extent of the increases. They decided that there needed to be a bigger jump um, uh, into 2024 because the cost of living pressures were having a big impact on, um, on low paid workers. And also, we needed to make progress towards the living wage, which will be 60% of the median wage uh, in, in time. And by the way, we're, we're close to 55% of that now. So we're not a million miles away from it. Um, so that's how these decisions are made. They make a recommendation to government, uh, and then we either endorse it or we don't. Uh, okay. And you know, for me to have gone against the recommendation of the Low Pay Commission, given the fact that it is a broad, broad reflection of the Irish economy and, and interest in it, I think would have been, um, would have been the wrong thing to do. Okay. So this isn't the government just plucking a figure out of the air. Uh, this is months of work has gone into what the appropriate minimum wage Indeed. in Ireland All right, we have be. that point, Minister. Um, having said can that... I, can I ask you a, one, one final thing in, in um, conclusion to move away from the area of brief and move to the area of politics. The, the poll in the Business Post suggesting that Sinn Féin has dropped off uh, by 4% in recent months and that uh, Fine Gael is holding steady. The analysis by your former party colleague within the paper, Phil Hogan, suggests that if Fianna Fáil and Fine Gael are able to transfer back and forth effectively between each other. There is a possibility of being returned. Will you be doing more to cosy up relationships with your coalition partner and to walk them into a permanent union? God, there's a lot of questions there. I mean, first <laughs> of all, I, I agree with Phil Hogan. Um, you know, and I've said this for, 
for a long time, you know, I don't think there's a possibility of Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil leading the next government. I think there's, there's a likelihood of that. Uh, if, we, if we work hard, if we continue to deliver a lot more on housing, um, and if we build and strengthen the economy, look after small business, uh, incentivize employment, um, I, I continue to evolve and improve healthcare. You know, okay. like if you compare Ireland to so many other countries around the world, actually the quality of life here is very, very good. Although people That's will point to massive housing lists and a huge problem with immigration. Well, we have a big challenge with immigration and we have challenges with housing. We know that. Um, but the response to housing improves every single year in terms of numbers. Uh, and, and if you look at our response to immigration, which is a relatively new, uh, significant challenge for Ireland, uh, it compares to so many other countries in Europe as well who are feeling these pressures. Right. We need to do better as a government uh, in terms of communicating how we respond. And of course, we need to do better in terms of the actual response itself to uh, the number of migrants that are coming into Ireland in terms of how we accommodate them okay. and how we work with communities Minister, in that context. Thank you but very I think much. That is, I think that's doable this year. And I think if uh, 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 this government, if it works and sticks together, uh, can be re-elected. Indeed. Minister, thank you very much. That is Minister for Enterprise, uh, Simon Coveney, TD. The Anton Savage Show. Brought to you by PwC. Sunday mornings from 10. On News Talk.